0: Good morning, everyone. It's so good to be uh, here. It's such an honor and a privilege. And I mean that, like, I don't mean that lightly. I really mean it's an honor and a privilege. Like Tim said, it's been a long, long time since I've uh, been up here, like four months to be, like, exact. And, like, the last time I spoke, we were still doing pop-ups. And so just know that I I don't take this lightly, and I appreciate it now more than ever. And so, yeah, I'm grateful to be here. And then on a side note, because you're going to be speaking about... Something to do with bodybuilding, spoiler alert. I'm glad I didn't have to carry that all the way. My arms are about to fall off. So thanks, Tim. But, anyways, before I carry on, I just wanted to start with this, with this word that I have for, I suppose it's my word for the season, right, like right now, and one of the words. And so that word is gratitude. Like I said, I, I'm honored and and it's a pleasure to be here doing what I do now. And I'm so grateful for so many people that have had to do with how I've navigated the last season and all the rest of that stuff. But I, I found myself like really happy that, first of all, God has brought me to this place and put the people that he's put around me. And that when it came to like the last few weeks of, of looting and all the rest of that stuff, I found myself with a lot of peace, um, the company of good friends and family, and, like, not a lot to complain about and a lot to give. And so I'm grateful that God has brought me to that place. I'm grateful for what God's done in my life. I'm grateful that God has given me freedom. And over the next little while, you're going to hear more about those little pieces of my story as they get unpacked. But for today, I'm going to be wrapping up the series, uh, God's Will for Your Life. And the part, I'm going to speaking about, the part I'm going to be speaking about is build His church. As the last one, it says, fear to faith. as the new sub-series of this. Um, But we've been speaking about the house and what the house entails, and so I'm gonna start there, and then I'm gonna move to what we're speaking about today. See, the thing I had, I had a bone to pick with the house at first, and now I'm using it when I wasn't supposed to be, but I had a bone to pick with the house at first because it feels like you're telling me to live in a box when, like, that's, like, everyone says live outside the box. Think outside the box, and now you're telling me to live in the box. So as we go into this thing, I want to just shift your thinking about the house. Don't think of the house as a box you have to live in, but as yourself and how you live. And so um, if you're new to church, and this sounds like a lot, I'm going to take you through it slowly. If you're not new to church and you've been, just follow with me, and hopefully this message blesses you incredibly. Anyways, As we speak about the church, I was thinking about this when Ross was assigning these uh, messages to people and I was kind of indifferent about which message I got and so I didn't really care and at the last minute, I was like, actually, give me building the church because I'd been thinking at that stage for a while, this message has been put off like twice. It's It's a month delayed. So I'd been thinking even prior to that for a while about the difference between the church and the temple. So the Old Testament temple and the New Testament church. And believe me, there is a difference, right? So what people did in the Old Testament temple is that they brought sacrifices to God and certain people could get to certain places and in the middle we believe that uh, was where the Ark of the Covenant was, was where God's manifest presence was. And only the Levitical priests bringing the sacrifice could get there, right? Um, And so there was a whole set of religious laws people had to follow to get into that place to the degree that they qualified to get into, Right? And so the head coverings and the, the long robes and the take off your sandals, put on your sandals, wash your hands, talk like this, carry yourself like this, all of the rest of that stuff, that's the Old Testament temple. The New Testament church is something else. But the thing that put me into this thinking is that when we think of church now, we've got the same thinking from the Old Testament temple. Churches a place we come to, a routine we have, and a specific set of behaviors, right? That's what church has become and that's not what Jesus intended when he was speaking about building the church. And so we have to get very specific or very clear about what it is we're building if we're gonna have any hope of building it properly. Right, someone said to me, quite underhandedly, I felt, they might have meant like, well, but they're saying, oh, it's kind of a surprise that like, you're lucky to have a church where you can wear shorts. But they weren't saying it like, I'm really lucky. It sounded like a bit of a criticism of my church and how we're doing things wrong. <laughs> but that communicates the same thing we've come to believe about church. We've, church has become its traditional meaning and not its biblical meaning. It's become this thing where speak the right way, Dress the right way, come to this place on Sunday and you will be saved. And so it's a, people are surprised when you wear slops to church. Or if I was preaching now and I had a cap on. And it just speaks to what's happened in the culture. And so we're gonna undo that a little bit. I went on a little bit of a word study and now excuse my pronunciation. I'm just gonna do it the way I think these words are said. So anyways, the way we use church now is derived from an old English word which started as Circe or Circe or something like that. And that came from a Greek word, kuriakos. Again, I'm sure I'm saying it wrong, but I'm saying it anyways. It came from that Greek word, kuriakos. Now, kuriakos in that context is used only twice in the New Testament Bible. And that word means in Greek, that which belongs to the Lord. But it speaks more to Buildings and possessions. And so these are Greeks, Roman Greeks, speaking about the churches that were built after Constantine declared the church the official religion of the state, or Christianity, and now Kyriakos became the thing that belongs to the Lord. It's not wrong technically. The church is that which belongs to the Lord. But where it's taken on the old traditional meaning is that it started to talk about the building and not its people. There's a word that's more accurate in its description and it's ecclesia. Now you will have heard Ross use this a lot of times but you won't remember. Because I'm saying it now, you will remember it. So ecclesia, and generally speaking, ecclesia means assembly or his people gathered, his body, his bride, his priesthood. You see, Ecclesia places more emphasis and is used more often to speak of the thing Jesus was talking about when he said, I will build my church. He was talking about the people, not the place. So the first thing I want you to catch as we talk about this idea of church is that you are the church, I am the church, we are the church even globally with all our different expressions, make up this one unified body called the church, which is made up of people and not places. Don't get me wrong, the place is important because I've got a feeling Ross is watching me from home right now and he's going, oh dear Lord, they're going to stop coming to my building. I'm joking, he's not thinking that at all. And you're thinking right now, I don't have to wake up on Sundays anymore. I can just do church at home because I am the church. Maybe true, but now... You have to have that assembly at your house. Open your house to some people. And Ross has this vision of fires everywhere in the the city and I mean maybe he's going right now, what about that vision, what about, and the thing is that I think what Ross wants to build is not just this everywhere, but people that gather throughout the city and that the gatherings become so big that houses can't hold them anymore. Can we imagine fires that they become wild? It means you can't contain them anymore. A house, a lounge, a living room. I imagine a young adults that can't be contained by the lounge at the back here anymore. That is a picture of the church. Assemblies, his people gathered. And so let's talk about that for a little bit. If we're gonna be talking about how to build a church, can we talk about building a church that doesn't stop existing when we're in lockdown? That doesn't depend on just this building. That is alive and well when we don't have it. Cool. So as I said, the title that I've chosen to give this message is Bodybuilding, inspired by myself and uh, the mass of muscle I have on myself. Um, Completely joking, I'm very aware of how thin I am in Danielle's words. It's very offensive, Danielle. You don't tell people that then. <laughs> so anyways, and the, the scripture I'm going to be reading from is Romans 12, verse one. And Romans 12, verse one says this. For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than you ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one of, of you a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in, the proportion, in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives in liberality, nailed it, he who leads with diligence and he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. That's what we're gonna base this message on and I'm gonna break it down into three parts. And so if you're taking notes, here's the first bit and I would say the most important and it comes from verse one to three. It says, and I say to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. This means Be humble. I'm gonna give you three Bs today. And the first B is be humble. It says in 1 Peter 5 verse 5, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Now, part of the reason that I've been on a four-month sabbatical of not my choice was because I, I wasn't very humble. And life did that to me. It humbled me. And it hurts, and so I've got this new love-hate relationship with pride and humility that I'm learning now afresh. And I want to say to you, before you learn it in a tough way, pick up humility while it's still a suggestion from a 26-year-old. Don't let life teach you or humble you. Learn it while it's still a suggestion. Be humble. A funny story about this is when, when I was in high school, got to matric, now I, I used to have a good physique. I used to weigh 77 um, and I was like playing rugby, and I was like, and I could lift heavy stuff. And so we were like, we'd been lifting heavy stuff after the preseason, and then the grade 11s were going to start their next cycle of, of preseason for the next year, and we'd be gone. So we thought we'll wait till till they do the heavy lifting as well. Then we'll join them. For now, we're happy to lift what we're lifting, and we were like pushing heavy. You know the people that scream at gym when you get. Aah! One more rep, come on. That was us, and we were just pushing heavy weights, and these guys were lifting PVC pipes because they'd introduced CrossFits to the whole regime. And so they had to learn the technique. Now we're like, we're too cool for the technique. We'll join you when you start lifting actual weights. And so some time passed, and then time to lift actual weights came, and these guys would pick up these bars and fling them above their heads, pick up these bars and fling them above, and we, they put four of us that have never done this thing before at the same platform. Now all of us are like, nervous, Ah, oh, we've never done this thing. In a and then I was the brave one that stepped up first, I said, I'll do this thing, it looks easy. So I felt the bar, and it was flimsy, it was light, it was a five kg that side, five kg side, but the plate just looked big. And then I felt it, nah, can couldn't do this. I watched the other guys for a little bit, looks easy enough. Went for my first energy Because I had not learned the technique, this thing got to top, and carried on backwards. And it pulled me with it, and I couldn't do anything but watch. Put me on my back, boom, and the whole gym was looking, and the noise, and I was like curled up under the weight. And then the coach came to me and humbled me. <laughs> shouted at me and told me, go pick up that PVC pipe and learn the technique. You see, I was too big, <laughs> too cool learn the technique when the time for learning the technique was around. And so I had to learn the, li- the, the hard way. And now I'm telling you guys, life is the same. If you want to learn humility, while well, it's still an option given to you. You're gonna end up in a corner tucked under some heavy weights, feeling very embarrassed. <laughs> and I was lucky that I wasn't hurt physically, but my pride took a massive ding. Um, I was doing a devotional about this and this is like I'm very serious about but I haven't found the words to express it myself so I highlighted what Max Lucado had to say about pride. He said, do you see a person who is wise in his or her own, her own eyes? God has strong words for this condition. The Lord detests all the proud but sure, I mean, be sure of this, they will not go unpunished. Why the firm language? Because not... But pride not only prevents reconciliation with God, it also prevents reconciliation with people. He goes on to ask a line of questions. How many marriages have collapsed beneath the weight of pride? How many apologies have gone unoffered due to the lack of humility? How many wars have sprouted from the seed of arrogance? A politician was saying, speaking about the commotion of uh, three weeks ago, We're in this situation on the brink of civil war because of the pride of two old men. Zondo and Zuma, who just will not come to terms for the good of the country. Pride will take whole nations to war. He goes on to say, pride comes at a high price, don't pay it. Choose instead to stand on God's offer of grace. To the degree that God hates arrogance, he loves humility. And isn't it easy to see why? Humility is happy to do what pride will not do. The humble heart is quick to acknowledge the need for God, eager to confess sin, willing to kneel before heaven's mighty hand. Those who walk in pride, he is able to humble, and it hurts. But those who walk in humility, God is able to use. Learn humility. (laughs) Pride steals, pride kills. Pride destroys and don't wait to find out the hard way. Learn humility. And this has got a practical application for building the church and just for building yourself as a person. But I'm gonna go to church for a little bit. But in serving roles, here or in corporate, there's a, a temptation to become too big, to think of yourself too highly. Once I got to here, where I was preaching regularly on a Sunday, I thought I knew it all, (laughs) turns out I didn't. There's a temptation to be Rick and be the person placed in charge of other people and singing and rosters and all the rest rest of that stuff and in that position, there's a temptation to think you know it all. Humility says at every stage in your serving, there's a temptation to go, I'm too good to be sweeping the floor. I'm too good to be serving coffee. I said jokingly the other day, because I haven't been on for a while, but someone asked me while I was doing coffee, so I said I've just been promoted to coffee. And I, I was joking, but there's some humility in something like that to see everything you're asked to do in building the body as equal to everything else. And building the body is not limited to building this building, to building this group of people. Like I say, if you see yourself as the house and not living in the house, you carry that with you everywhere you go. There's a second thing and another funny story. I hope I'm not stealing too much into my time so I don't have to rush. But there's something of grace in having humility. Humility equals grace. So what happens is that sometimes you get into this church environment, you walk some time, and then you get to the point where you think you've, Got it figured out. And every Christian gets to this point. I speak to my leaders and I go, be careful because you're on fire right now, but these kids are going to frustrate you. And when they frustrate you, you need to remember grace because you've come from somewhere as well. And the temptation in this place, like I said, there's a youth leader who got really offended the other day. He was mad and he loves me even if I tell the story, but he was mad and he's like, they can't talk to me like that. And he calmed down eventually, but the conversation had to go something like, Man, I know you're here now, but you've been somewhere before. I've been somewhere before. I've been those teenagers, and no one gave up on you. No one gave up on me. And so now that we've got into a high place, we can't start thinking differently about them. We have to have the humility to give grace knowing that we've been in the same place, and in God's eyes, we're forever in the same place. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to. The second part of that is verse four to six. It says, for as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Feel like I've missed something, oh no, not. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that has been given to us, let us use them. I've skipped something for sure, so I'm gonna go back. Let me tell you a story. So, the second B, we've got be humble. The second B is be together, not the same. I didn't make that up. I got it off an advert by Apple, Android. And so they've got this rock, paper, scissors concept advert where this poor little paper is starting his first day of school and he jumps off the bus and he comes into an environment full of scissors and they all look at him funny and he walks through and. Lo and behold, three papers that he thought were gonna be his friends turn around and start spitting paper balls at him. And then they pick him up and they shake him down for all his paper clips, which I thought was very clever. And just as he thought his luck couldn't get any worse, a pair of scissors came snipping towards him and he's like, oh boy, so he closes his eyes and he has snip, 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 snip. And turns out the scissors fended off all the bullies. And so the scissors and the paper become friends. And so they start walking together. And then later in the day, they get off the bus from school and they're walking together and then they see a small rock, or a pebble being bullied by two bigger rocks and these rocks are tossing his bag aside and now the papers, it's the papers turn to shine. So he's like, hold my backpack. And he flexes his muscles and he walks towards the rock and the rocks see this big shadow coming behind the pebble like this and then they run away, (laughs) scared of the paper. And that's such a beautiful picture of what the church is meant to be. Together, but not the same. Paper's got its unique and individual qualities. Rock has got its unique and individual qualities, and scissors have got its unique and individual qualities and functions. Those things are still better together. Us as the church, according to Romans, have unique and individual qualities and giftings. Again, that go beyond here. That when we are together, when we are unified, come alive, make God's body come alive. There's a scripture that I love so much that says, God's love is made perfect, was made complete in us when we love one another. And in the same way, when Tim carried me through my heart season and loved me, God's love was made complete, it was made perfect. Part of how we experience God is in how we experience people, and so part of how we experience the world is when we do it together. Be together, not the same goes on in 1 Corinthians 12, which is the verse before my favorite verse, speaks about spiritual gifts and he goes on about, we've all got different gifts, but they all come from the same spirit. Different gifts, same spirit. And if you apply that on top of humility, we don't think of, our, we don't think of one as being better than the other. And then we bring them together, He says, what good is the eye if the whole body is the eye? What good is the nose? If the whole body is the nose, what good is hearing? right? a better, more complete picture of the church as a body, is a eyes that can see, a nose that can smell, and ears that can hear, and a mouth that can talk. All combined to make one functional body. Be humble, be together, not the same. And then the last step is be engaged. That's what I skipped to before, be engaged. Now there's another gym principle that works in the world, didn't work where where I found it from, but I know high school biology, at least some of the words, I still remember for some reason. And so I remember a guy called Jean-Baptiste de Lamarck, I promise I didn't cheat and go look this up before, I just remember him. Lamarck is the guy who came up with a theory that wasn't the theory of evolution, or the original theory of evolution that was wrong. But it doesn't work in evolution, it works in bodybuilding. And his theory was the theory of use and disuse. If you use it, it gets enhanced. If you don't use it, it wastes away and eventually stops working. And so the same is true for the body if we're gonna see it as bodybuilding. Is that when we use our gifts, they get enhanced and our body gets enhanced. When we don't use our gifts, they waste away. When I was playing rugby before, I would get shin splints up front, and the physio said what was happening is that my calves would do their thing, and or I had weak calves or whatever, here's me for missing leg day, and then all the pressure would get put onto the front there because they were doing too much work to compensate for the muscles that weren't working. And then I couldn't pick up my toes when I was running, and then it just become a nightmare, and then it's just like pain. And it's the same picture. And it's the same picture with the body that we're trying to build here. It says in Romans six, having then different gifts according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. If, or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts and exhortation, and he who gives in liberality, bl- 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 there we go. He who leads with diligence and he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. You have a gift, discover your gift, and then use your gift. Because when you use your gift, the body benefits. When you don't use your gift, the body hurts, and some part of the body wastes away. And just to open up about that, it's not just for here. Right now as we speak, there's a city in need, there's a world in need, and you have gifts Again, if you think of yourself as a body of God's, a part of God's assembly, the body, you're just the part that is in Morningside Durban. But there's a whole world outside Morningside Durban that needs you. It's not limited to making this place better. I always say there's a difference between purpose and profession. And so I might work here, but I've still got spiritual gifts that God has given me to make me effective everywhere. That's my purpose. It's different from my profession. So wherever you work, whatever you do, build His church. There's the three things, so be humble, be together, not the same, and then be engaged. Find ways to do something. I'm gonna ask Rick to come up. And as he does, there's one thing I wanted to mention up front that I'm gonna mention now, and it's, this is that we don't see the power of God because we won't take a chance on his word when it doesn't make sense. The things I'm asking you to do are easy to do in a good season. It's easy to be humble when no one is testing you, when you're getting along with your wife, when work is great, when you're in charge, it's easy to be humble. It's not so easy when you're the big boss and someone's asking you to wash the dishes. It's easy to, to make this more serious. It's easy to love people that love you, as Jesus says, when they're not being difficult as well. But what happens when someone takes from you? What happens when someone threatens to hurt your family? It's not easy to love anymore. But if, God's, if we're going to see the power in God's word, we have to take him at it when it doesn't make sense. It's easy to be together when you like the company that you keep. It's easy to use your gifts when you've been given a platform and free reign and no one's telling you what to do. It's easy to be in youth as a leader when you like all your friends. And to start a life group with people that you already like that don't frustrate you (laughs) what happens when it doesn't make sense what happens when you reckon you can sing but someone's asking you to sweep the floor so I'm saying if we're gonna have any hope of bringing any of this stuff to life in this season it's gonna take taking God at his word even when it doesn't make sense And now in the beginning of the series, we had this promo video where everyone says the thing they wanted to be. When I was this age, I wanted to be a marine biologist. And when I was this, I wanted to be a professional rugby player. I wanted to be a superhero. I wanted to be... Everyone has the the thing they wanted to do. And it it comes full circle in the story for me in Luke 9, verse 59. Then Jesus says to another man, follow me. But the man replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. You see, what happened with me is that I, I made this kind of deal with God based on something my hero, my rugby hero, did as well. He said, God, I'm going to catch up, I like you, but I'm going to catch up with you after I've done my thing. I'm going to catch up with you when, when I'm 20 years old or 21 and I've done the thing I wanted to do. Lord, I'll follow you, but first, let me. Let me. And so everyone has got there, but first. And I, I want to I wanna put us in a car a little bit because there's people here that don't believe. Maybe you want to believe. And so for you, you're, you're still the driver. You, you, you're 15, 16-year-old me who says, I want, I, I like you. <laughs> Sounds like a good idea. But first, and I want to challenge you to let Jesus take the wheel. There's a stage in my life where I let Jesus take the wheel, but I sat in the pes- passenger seat and And I was the the passenger in an Uber. I gave the instructions and the directions. God, I dig you, but I want to go to Stellenbosch. I told Matt Knight when he interviewed me here six, seven years ago now, six years. I said, I'll work here, but I'm not here to stay. I want to go to Stellenbosch. You see, I, I had plans and God had my purpose in mind at that stage. And so I say to you as well, you've got plans, but God has got your purpose in mind. You've got destinations. He's got your destiny in mind. Now, you're going to graduate. If, you, if you're if you now giving directions, I want to challenge you to graduate from giving directions to trusting God. And I want to tell you, like, encourage you that God is good and He is faithful and He's kind. He knows the things you want and He wants to give you the desires of your heart. I've gotten to, to live some of my rugby dream and to live and to get to experience some of the jewels to a point at least where it didn't hurt me. And I've gotten to experience a whole lot of stuff. God knew I wanted that stuff. But he's the God of exceedingly and abundantly more. And so I wanna challenge you to ease the, like, seize the control. And then I was driving with my mom the other day, and as we took off, we stopped at an intersection cars coming that way and this way and she's (sighs) my mom's a horrible driver (laughs) so she took forever and so I was in the passenger seat my brother my nephew was in the back with my sister my sister got so fed up that she left her baby and us and she was like it's fine I'll walk and she walked (laughs) in my head I was like she's not gonna get far but guys my mom is a bad driver (laughs) so my sister got to where she was going a kilometer and something to the mall before us And so the, the points of that story is that sometimes it takes long. But I want to encourage you that, my, that God, my Jesus, is a better driver than my mother. And so even, even when it takes long, stay in the car. There's a temptation, especially in this past season, to just get off. And go, God, you're taking long. I'm going to go do this thing myself. God, I don't see how this could possibly work. I'm going to make my own way. God, I don't know if I can trust you with this. I'm going to... Back up. And I wanna say, you won't see the power of God in your life if you won't stay in the car when it doesn't make sense. So my word for you as you you leave here today is stay in the car. In the weeks to come and as you encounter very difficult situations, very uncomfortable situations, I wanna beg you to just keep thinking of that, stay in the car. I'm scared and it doesn't make sense, stay in the car. And my God who is good and compassionate and gracious and more than anything faithful and loving to us will bring you to a place where you'll look back and celebrate the thing he was doing in your life. Let us pray. Father, thank you so much for everything that you're doing in our lives. God, thank you for the people that you've called us to be. Thank you for every point in the journey that we're we're on and that you're with us, God. And so from the youngest of us to the oldest of us in faith, God, thank you that you love us all the same. And now, God, I just pray that you'd give us the courage and your spirit to become more and more like you every single day and to stay in the car even when it makes no sense so that we may see the full riches of your power. In your name I pray, amen. Amen. Guys, thank you. So-